And, uh, you know, during the communion service, the communion, uh, when we prepare for it, I like to read in Desire of Ages uh, those chapters that cover this period and just refresh it in my mind. And uh, it is true that when he was on the cross, you were on his mind. You know, Jesus didn't die for groups of people. He died for individuals. Isn't that amazing? You were on his mind. Um, you know, I just want to remind you that uh, our website has our sermons recorded. If you wish to hear them there, you can download them. You can share them with friends. We also have recordings here uh, after the service that our AV team can provide for you. In my last presentation, I also shared with you a very powerful uh, presentation on music by a, uh, a he's actually an uh, instructor at... Um, Bob Jones University. He's a Baptist gentleman. His name is Frank Garlock, and the series is entitled Pop Goes the Music. And uh, I encourage you to listen to it. Um, he, used to be a, he used to be a Pentecostal, but his study of music in the scripture led him out of the Pentecostal movement uh, because the Bible does present to us the biblical principles of godly music. And I think he does a very good job, and I encourage you to listen to it. It was done in the 90s, so music has changed. But the principles remain the same. And so today, we are going to be talking about the communion service. And so at this time, what I'd like to do is, uh, is kneel for prayer, but I'd ask you to bow your heads as I kneel. Our gracious Father, you are our Father. And you emptied heaven of its greatest gift to reclaim us, Lord, for the power of sin and death. And so, Lord, we're gathered here today to remember that event that night so long ago when your son gave his life as a ransom. And, and so, Lord, we ask for your presence here. We pray that you will speak to us individually. Now, Father, there are many that didn't come here today because they feel unworthy to come into your presence. But the truth is, Lord, we're all unworthy, every last one of us. I pray that wherever they are this Sabbath, you will bless them and encourage them, Father, as we ask you to do for us here in this room today. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. Speak to our hearts now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you'll open your Bibles, let's turn to John chapter 15. And we'll be looking at a text there. <clears throat> These are the words of our Savior as uh, the final moments of Christ's life prior to his execution on our behalf. In John 15, I'm going to read verse 11. And Jesus said, these things, I, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you that your joy may be full. 
And so our blessed Savior, our precious Jesus, spoke these words in the upper room that night so long ago when he instituted the Lord's Supper. And today we come together to celebrate this very sacred ordinance. And, and Jesus here reminds us to thank him for the many forms of joy that we find in the communion service. And so we're going to look at three of those joys today. The first joy that we encounter in the communion service is the joy of forgiveness. That's the first joy. I think of Dwight L. Moody, the famous evangelist of yesteryear, who shares his experience when he first encountered the forgiveness of God. And history records for us his words that day as he walked out into the, uh, the morning. He said, I thought the old sun shone a good deal brighter than it ever had before. I thought that it was just smiling upon me. And as I walked out on Boston Commons and heard the birds singing in the trees, I thought they were all singing a song to me. Forgiveness is precious, isn't it, friends? It is. It is. I think of uh, that book, uh, Pilgrim's Progress, and many of us, how many have read the book? A number of you have. Well, you know, the author describes the main character, Christian, as carrying a heavy burden, didn't he? He carried it on his back, and as he traveled the narrow and walled, walled, uh, walled, that was walled on each side, uh, he came upon a steep hill, and on the top of that steep hill was what? Do you remember? It was a cross. And he hurried up that cross, up to the cross. He reached it, and something happened. The bands that had bound his burden to his back snapped off and rolled down the hill and fell into a sepulcher, never more to be seen. And then it goes on to describe how he felt. It said that he was, he was thrilled. He burst into song, and he gave three leaps of joy. Do you remember that? Have you ever been there and experienced the joy of God's forgiveness? King David knows something about that. After his sin with Bathsheba, when he committed adultery, and then he went on to have her husband murdered. Psalms 32 as actually records his experience. And in there he wrote, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. My friends, can God forgive adultery? Can God forgive murder? Yeah, he can. King David knew a lot about God's forgiveness. It is, a one, it is wonderful to know that when we honestly confess our sins to God, He has promised to forgive them in fact. It's just that simple. When we come to Him honestly, sincerely, and say, Lord, forgive me, He has promised to do so. Sometimes it's hard for us to, for, to imagine that God can be that good, but I'm here to tell you this morning, He is. Amen. The communion service reminds us and assures us of this wonderful fact. The songwriter long ago wrote, if you want joy, real joy, let Jesus into your heart. 
And King Solomon wrote in Proverbs 16, 20, whosoever trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. You know, Sister White wrote long ago, faith is simply taking God at his word. And the Lord said, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. It's that simple. The second joy that we encounter is the joy of fellowship. The word communion in the Greek actually means fellowship. And in 1 John 3, verse 4, the, uh, the Apostle John writes, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you also may have what? Fellowship with us. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. You know, we are social creatures. God, when he made Adam, said it wasn't good that he was alone. We're social. And, and we're part of God's forever family through the Lord Jesus Christ. We're brought together. You know, it's interesting. I grew up in Los Angeles where we had awful gangs, the Bloods and the Crips. Um, and, and when I was growing up, if you wore the wrong color in the wrong neighborhood, that was sufficient reason for you to be killed. You know, if you got off uh, the 5 freeway going through uh, parts of L.A. County uh, and you got off the wrong exit, you began to worry if you had the wrong color. But I used to wonder to myself, why do people join gangs? And the reason being is because people want a sense of belonging. It's not that they agreed with what the gangs were doing. They wanted a sense of fellowship. And you know, right here at the Upward Church, we are a family. We're a family. We look out for each other. You know, we check up on each other. We love each other. God has made us all part of his forever family. Luke, Dr. Luke, the Gentile Christian, speaks of this fellowship in the early church. And in Acts 2, he wrote, verse 46, he says, And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their food with gladness. And so here we find that the breaking of bread was a time of joyous fellowship to them. It's also a time of joyous fellowship for you and I. We all look forward to potluck Sabbath, don't we? We also look forward to be invited into one another's homes, don't we? We need that fellowship. And because of Jesus, brothers and sisters, you and I are part of God's forever family. I think it's amazing that we can go to any country in the world, and even though we don't understand the language, and, we, 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 they, and they know that we're a Seventh-day Adventist, they embrace us as family. We are a family. And in addition to the joy of human fellowship at the communion service, we also have the joy of greater fellowship with our Creator God. And the, again, the Apostle John reminds us in our text, um, that was read to us this morning, John says, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. And so this reminds us that we're not just a family here. We're not just a family in the world. We are part of God's family in the, in the universe. We are part of a larger family. And isn't it amazing that whatever was going on in the universe before Adam and Eve fell, that came to an end when Adam and Eve fell. Their focus is upon us in this little broken world. 
You know, it's interesting to me, one day when we arrive in the New Jerusalem, I think often when I, I go to an airport and, and you can see the families waiting for their loved one. You know what I'm talking about, the signs? And I don't know about you, but do you ever pull aside to just watch to see who's that person that all these people are waiting for? And you see the enthusiasm. I, I've seen soldiers come back and their families waiting for them. Well, you know, there are, there are people in the universe that have been watching what happened down here. They've been following us, our lives. And one day when we arrive in the New Jerusalem, they're going to be waiting for us. We are part of a larger family. Our blessed Redeemer no longer hangs on a cross or rests in a tomb. He is a risen Savior, a living Savior, and we're told that He's with us today. The hymn writer reminds us of that fact when he wrote, He walks with me, He talks with me, and He tells me I am His own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, no other has ever known. We are part of a family. And the third thing we experience at the communion is the joy of the future. My dear friends, a better day is coming. I visited with a dear saint this week who had lost a loved one. And she said to me, this world holds nothing for me. And you know, the more time passes, that's how I feel. A better day is coming. Our blessed Savior talked about this glad and glorious day in Matthew 26, 29, when he said, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. I love that. That had to have irritated the devil, don't you know? Jesus said, I am so sure of what's coming. I'm not going to drink any more grape juice. This is my down payment. I will drink it again, though. But I'm going to drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. I love that. Speaking of that future time in the book, The Great Controversy, if you haven't read it, read it. Page 677 and 8, the author said, I love this imagery. With unutterable delight, the children of earth enter into the joy and the wisdom of unfallen beings. The great controversy is ended. The entire universe is clean. One pulse of harmony and gladness beats through the vast creation. From him who created all flow life and light and gladness throughout the realms of, in, of illimitable space. From the minutest atom to the greatest world, all things animate and inanimate in their unshadowed beauty and perfect joy declare that God is love. So the sacred communion service reminds us of three precious joys. Number one is the joy of forgiveness. Number two, the full joy of fellowship. And number three, the joy of the future.
a better day is coming. May today, as we celebrate the sacred service, may it be truly a happy and joyous time for us. As we meditate upon these things, and may we, like the Apostle Paul say, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace through the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, my friends, the Seventh-day Adventist Church practices an open communion. Whether you're a Seventh-day Adventist or not, if you're a Christian, if you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are welcome to join us today. We have, um, if you don't, if you, if you just wish to sit and observe, you're welcome to do that as well. And I failed to ask, and I need to be reminded, at the end of the hall are the ladies, is that right? And then downstairs is the gentlemen or is the couples? Is both downstairs, okay. Now as we leave, it's very easy for this service to become a type of just ritual. It's really not supposed to be. It's an experience with our Savior. And, and so as we separate and we're involved in the service of humility, uh, let's, let's be careful not to allow common things enter into our conversation. And I, I speak especially with us guys. We get a little nervous when we, we touch one another's feet. But let us remember that Jesus did that, even to Judas. And by him doing it, he sanctified that service and made it honorable. And so as we serve one another, let us remember that Jesus did that for us, that the creator of the universe bent down and washed the dusty feet of his disciples. And as we do that, brothers and sisters, we will enter into that upper room experience. And it's very appropriate to pray together, very much so, either before or after, it doesn't matter. Sometimes folks break out into song. That's okay, let's join it if that happens. But, but let's remember to guard our thoughts and our words. And then we're gonna come back here reverently and we're gonna participate in the emblems that Jesus shared with his disciples that night so long ago. Let's enter into that experience in our minds as well. Let's pray and then we'll separate for the service of humility. Father in heaven, oh Lord, it's just amazing to think that the great I am came into this dark world to save us. And, and when you bent down, when you removed your outer garment to keep it from hindering your movements, you girded yourself and you, you put on a towel there, Lord, to wash, and then the basin to wash the feet of your disciples. And that right there told us, communicated to us, that you were willing to stoop to whatever level you needed to in an effort to save us, to serve us. Oh, Father, help us not to be so proud. Help us, Lord, to be willing to do for others what you were so willing to do for us. Thank you for your kindness and your mercy. And I pray that as we enter into this experience, Lord, that truly, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will sanctify our imagination, that, Lord, we can enter into that night so long ago when you performed these things for your disciples. Thank you for this, for we ask it in Jesus' name, amen.